Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Condomance Answer Show, episode 77 with Kevin Crawford, a former bodybuilder and former military man who is now an independent tattoo artist. Take a listen. All right, welcome back. This is two for two. I told I, I was I told everybody because I was talking to Sal yesterday and I was saying that people have been DMing me for months now, telling me, calling me all different types of names because I haven't been podcasting. But I said, as soon as I'm done with football, there's nothing for me better to do with my time than to podcast. But without further ado, Kevin, welcome back. You've been on before. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. And it's fucking, it's been a while. Definitely yeah. a while. Bernie's the last time we talked, that's for sure. Um, I'm definitely, I'm in, a, I'm in a new apartment. <laughs> it's not the same apartment. Um, but yeah, man, I really appreciate it. Thank you for even like having me on again. I mean, the growth has been amazing on both sides. Bro. I love watching you do your thing. I mean, your podcasts are getting better every single one. And it's like, you can just feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. Passion. I love it, bro. I'm honestly... This is one of my favorite things to do, and I missed it. Like, during football season, it was cool to put my energy just to football. But, like, it's good to be back doing it again because it's probably my favorite thing to do that's, like, like a hobby almost, you know? And it's, like, it's it's, it's dope. But what have you been up to? You know, I, I we, like, like I said, I talked to you last time I was home, but we didn't haven't talked, like, in this forum for probably almost a year. So what have you yeah. been up to? What has happened to you in the last year? I think last time we talked, you had just gotten in your motorcycle accident. Wow, a lot has happened since then. Okay, perfect. That's the that's the best. That's a great place to start. Okay, so um, around that time, I I was healing. My shoulder was healing up and everything. I actually was while my bike was um, getting fixed. I was fixing like I was getting healed. I was fixing my bike at the time. So when I was pretty much able to ride, I. My bike was ready to go, so I was able to ride that. And then, crazy thing, it blew up in California. Um, yeah, that happened a little, but a little over like four or five months ago. It happened last June, I believe. So, yeah, that bike I think was a bike from hell. <laughs> but it was dope, though, man. It was a great experience. But that blow up on the freeway was crazy. We were, we were going to LA. And we were actually in LA. We're on the freeway about 10 minutes away from the hotel. We were going to be staying at for the weekend. Um, and it was me and my boys in the club I'm in. Um, it was all of us headed to this one destination where the whole, the whole event was at for all of us members to meet up at. And, and uh, like I said, about 10 minutes from it. And I was on the freeway going about 85. We weren't even doing nothing crazy, bro. It was just regular riding. And then like this vibration like was like really strong under my bike and just this crazy explosion from the from behind me and like parts of my bike and like oil just blew up and hit the bikes behind me and like bro it was crazy it was terrifying and I I just froze up I feel like my guardian angels was with me that day for sure because in that moment like anything could happen you know and being on my bike my back tire is covered in oil any slight movement that's incorrect I'm slipping and I'm going down on the freeway going 85 miles an hour so it was definitely it was definitely one of those moments where I realized that, like, you know, God got me, but it was like, man, bro, like, that was, it was traumatized. I didn't want to ride. I didn't ride for four-ish months, three-ish months. I mean, it's not, it's not that long, but, I mean, for, from riding every day to, like, being kind of afraid to ride for, like, three months, I feel like it was a little long, it was a long time. Um, and then I bought another bike, um, the Red Indian, 
that I've been posting on my Instagram. Uh, I bought that one. I actually drove to California uh, with Chris and I rode the bike back and it was, it was a great experience, man. That was dope because I was able to talk to the guy that was selling, that was trying to sell me the bike and he really educated me on this bike. Like he, he explained everything about it that I didn't need, that I didn't know about cruisers, how it felt, the platform, how it rode. And like, I coming from riding a crotch rocket, it's a definitely different feel. It's definitely a different experience. And he, he even has the bike that he was selling me. So it was like, he was talking from a, a real, a real experience, a real perspective from experience, you know, mm-hmm. so that was dope. Um, let's see. I moved shops, I believe since the last time we talked, I was at King's last time we talked. Yeah. You're at King's last time we talked. Yep. I was at King's tattoo. Um, I left there. I'm a fully private tattoo artist now. Uh, thank God. That was, that's a blessing. Um, but yeah, man, I had to get out of Kings, bro. That was just not the best situation. Um, and it was definitely better that I evolved on my own. So, um, let's see. And then for a little bit of time, actually, I moved back in with my pops because I had to have surgery on my shoulder from the accident. Mm. So I had surgery in also in June. So my bike blew up beginning of June. I had surgery mid June and um, I had physical therapy for a few months. I actually just finished physical therapy like a month and some change ago. Um, but yeah, man, I, that surgery was, that was definitely rough. I've had surgery since I was 12. So it was, it was a new experience. Um, and I definitely, I'm, I'm glad I did it, but at the same time, like I wish I kind of put it off a little bit longer, but at the same time, I always believe that everything happens for a reason. And I moved back to my pops for a little bit just to get myself back, like rehabilitate myself and everything. And, get back to where I can, you know, be back on my own, be back tattooing full time and not have to worry about it, you know? Mm-hmm. What'd you have surgery on in your shoulder? Um, so I tore my AC joint. I tore my rotator cuff, the most rotator cuff muscle that's more in the front. I don't know the exact name of it, um, but uh, those two things. And then I displaced my um, AC joint as well. So mm-hmm. my clavicle was positioned a little higher. So they had to shave it down a little bit. Um, shave down the tear repair that um so now my shoulder just like it just does like this like <laughs> like this like thing where it just like it crunches a little bit but it doesn't hurt so i'm like i'm ready to get back to the gym at this point ready to stop fucking around because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i've, I've been out of the gym for a year and a half and like it's been no i can't even imagine because like honestly like I, so I still have a torn labrum in my, I tore my right labrum in my left, in my right hip. Um, yeah. and I'm pretty sure the last game of the season, I tore my left labrum in my left hip and it's been bugging the shit out of me. And so like one of my favorite things to do for just for cardio is play basketball. And I haven't been able to play basketball because I was in football season. I didn't want to get injured. And now all my friends are going to play basketball at like 10 at night after the basketball team is done and I can't go or it wouldn't be smart for me to go. Cause I would hurt myself. But like, it's literally one of those things where like, if I'm not in the gym weight training, I feel like down, you know, like that's one of the things that keeps me, I feel like almost sane. And I feel like for a lot of people, it's a, it's definitely, it keeps our mental health regulated working out. Like if you don't have a workout regimen, if you're depressed and you don't have a workout regimen, at least try a workout regimen, you know? And so, yeah. I can't imagine what it's like to be out for a year and a half, but I mean, I'm sure you're excited now that you're at the back end of it and you get to actually like look forward to going to the gym. Yeah, bro. I'm definitely, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that I started doing when I was 14 and it kept me out of trouble. It kept me like, you know, doing my things. I didn't want to do anything to mess up my, my chance of being in the gym. I didn't want to ruin 
having that opportunity ever. And the moments that I did, I really regretted it. That's why I learned from those moments the most. But having the gym at, at that young age was nice because I always had that outlet. I always had a, a place to put my aggression. I always had somewhere to let it all out. And it was something that I wanted for myself, you know what I mean? And once it was introduced for me, it was something I was addicted to. And I competing in bodybuilding shows and, you know, being in that scene, you know, going to the Olympia, not just working the Olympia, but asked me to be a part of it and having friends that in that industry that are, are, are deep in that industry and know the next person that could potentially elevate you. It was, it was great to be in that experience. You know, it was great to be in that, in that, in that family, in that field, because they, you can see the passion. You can see everybody is, is there for one goal and that's to always look their best. And like, yeah, the, the, the achievements of how your body looks was great, but being able to put all of that emotion somewhere and let it out was the most important thing for me. And like how I, how I looked at the end of it was definitely just the reward, mm-hmm. but not focus on that while I'm, while I'm in the gym, I'm focused on how, how much pain I can put my body through. It's weird for me. Like that feeling, that feeling of like, Oh, I can't do anymore. That's when I start counting at one, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I love that feeling and I chase that feeling. So I try my best to do it safely. I've learned over, over, over the years that, you know, that feeling also is your body telling you to kind of slow down a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you're, it's your body saying, yo, look, you, you're, you're pushing me, but my brain and my body don't listen to each other ever. So I'm like, my brain's telling me to keep going. My body says, stop. Looks like we're going to keep going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel like it started as, I don't know. I feel like weight training for me has always been attached to sports. Um, and then it became like, I guess you work out to like look better, feel better, but then it became like, almost like you work out to be strong and like you, you're working out. And then a side benefit, like you said, is looking better and getting stronger. And it's like, you work out because you need to almost. And now I feel like it's going to be interesting to see what happens now in my life. Now that sports aren't demanding me working out, you know, will I still be addicted as much as I was, you know? Um, Cause I, like, like I said, like you said, you were addicted to that, that pain that, that like you can only do one more, but it was like, for me, it was like, I was almost addicted to getting stronger for football, you know? And it was right. like getting better every day for football. And so now right. it's going to, it's got to transform into like for personally me. And so it'll be interesting to see how that, develops in my later life as just a gym as an asset instead of it being so uh, tied to football, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel that. And what, what, what I like to tell myself when it comes, cause outside of competitively bodybuilding, it was hard for me to go to the gym because I love it. But if I'm not training for a show, it's like, eh, I look good. I look fine. You know what I mean? Like, eh, I can, I can slack off a little bit. I can not, I can miss legs. Like, like look at these legs. Okay. I can miss legs. We're fine. You know what I mean? The stuff like that. So like you have those moments, but what I've always learned and told myself is just attach it to a goal. You know what I mean? Like if they're, if they're, if you really see no path like that, attach it to a goal. Cause then at the end of the day, like you're, you're going to want to reach that goal as a competitive football player. You, you set goals. You want to get stronger to be stronger for football. That was the mm-hmm. goal. So if you attach, you know, still going to the gym with, let's say, your next vacation or, like, you say next summer, you know what I mean? Like, you, you have that goal to push yourself towards something. And you just have to remember, like, that, that, that commitment that you made to yourself. You know, and I've, I've always learned, and I learned from being in my, my last apartment, that, like, adulting ourselves is something that we have to do heavily. 
And like, you have to adult yourself and be like, yo, look, you have to do this. You have to make this happen. And the only way you're going to build that same love for that same passion is like when you push and then you're in that, on that vacation or you're taking that drive with your boys and you're like, I look the best. You know, it's no, nothing against my boys or nothing, but I look the best. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's one mm-hmm. of those self, self-love things, man. You, you want to be able to look at yourself and look at, what, look at your surroundings and still know you're dominating because you, you played a dominating sport. Yeah. You know, any sport that we play, we want to dominate. So, like, look at life that same way. And that's, how, that's what's kept me in the gym, bro. That's what's really kept me in the gym when I was, when I was training. Because, um, like, my first show was when I was 19, and I've been injured a couple times since then. And so it's been tough to get back on stage. But every time I, I want to get back on stage, I know, like, I got to attach this to a show. I got to attach this dream, this vision of mine to an outcome. Even if it's only five seconds of my life, to show three judges who've never worked out a day in their life, I got to do it because that's the only thing that's going to work for my brain, you know? So attach that shit to a goal, bro. Do you think that you bring that same competitive spirit to tattooing? Oh, every day of the week. Yeah. Oh, every day of the week, bro. You will not, Oh man. I tell myself every day of the week, nobody will outwork me. And that's not, no, that's not no cocky shit. That's not no, like me trying to be better than nobody, but, I know where my skill is at and I know where I want to be. And the only way to get there is really like being hungry for it. You know, hungry dogs run faster and there will nobody, there'll never be anybody hungrier than me. And I know that I know that about myself. That's how I treat life period, bro. It's for me, it's a hundred percent or it's nothing. My friendships, you know, my family, my commitments to life. Like the only thing that struggle is really the gym and like certain adult habits that we have to create. And when you place that same mindset for me, when I place that same mindset in the things that I need to create habits in, I'm successful. But the things that I don't, no, nah, I don't. Um, you know, we all procrastinate. I'm not perfect by no means. I, I, I'm a huge procrastinator, bro. Like, I'll put off everything. But it's the things that I know that I love to do that my, my commitment will never fade. My commitment will never, like, dwindle. Like, it's just, I'm just hungry for it. I wake up wanting to draw something that somebody will pick up, something that somebody will want. I wake up wanting to use my machine that much better, you know, 1% every day, 1% every day, 10 days, that's 10% better. You know what I mean? Like you, you got to accumulate the small shit. It's the small stuff. That's, that's, that's what I, that's what I like to grab. I like to eat and, and grab where, where I know I can, I can be successful where I know I can master it and then grab some more. You know what I mean? You grab too much. Now you're overwhelmed. So that's, yeah. So to answer your question, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good, bro. Yeah, I, I think I resonate with everything you're saying. I think that if people could get, if they could attach themselves to that motto of 1% better every day, it would make them feel a lot less overwhelmed, like you said, about getting better. Um, it's crazy enough that if you really like dedicate yourself to one thing or even a bunch of things over a period of time, you tend to look back at yourself and not even recognize who you were, you know, or who you are. And that's like the coolest thing to do. And like, I, there's so many people that I know who are, and I don't want to bash anybody, but there's so many people who are from Las Vegas, especially who are like just the same people they were in high school. And they're just kind of losers. And like, they just kind of moved on to the next, their next period of, of their life, just kind of being losers, you know? And I feel like, especially in the college age, you know, like I think everyone thinks that partying and drinking is like, don't get me wrong. I like doing both those things, but like, it's not like, why is that everything you've done for the last four years? You know, like not only have I grinded in school 
I've grinded in, I've grinded in my podcast. I created a podcast. I grinded in my sport. You know, I've grinded in my relationships. I feel it feels like a lot of people are the exact same people they were. They just are in a different period of their life, and I'm just like, how can you go a year, let alone like four years, without changing into a better version of yourself? Like, what are you gonna do when you get into the real world? You know? I don't know. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, this is something my boy taught me. Um, I used to work at Echo and Rig, and this guy was a bartender, and we had a really tight relationship. And then there was a time I was really like not feeling like myself. Like, I was really just a lot of negative self talk, a lot of like unmotivational things unlike me um and he he texted me he was like you know sit back in a sit back on the couch lay back all the way relax yourself completely and think about your life from the first moment you can remember to right now everything you've been through everything you've achieved the good times the bad times and I literally I sat back it took me like 20 25 minutes to really like go through my uh like the chronological order of my life and like by the end of it bro i felt so accomplished because like everything that i've been through didn't break me you know what i mean when you really think about it like what did you 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 learn from all those moments you learned a lot and i personally learned a lot from everything i've been through so those moments made me feel good like when you can sit back and reflect like you said when you're like one percent better it really like when you really sit back and realize i have become a better person you feel good about yourself and not people don't always know how to show themselves love. And for me, that was my first ever experience of showing myself some love, like real self-love. Like, yeah, you can buy yourself stuff. Yeah, you can be like, oh, yeah, I look good in this. I look good doing this. I look good in the gym. All of that, right? I love myself doing that, yes, but it wasn't an internal self-love. It was external self-love. And it was like I didn't, I didn't process everything I've been through. I let it out somewhere else. You know, I didn't tell myself, you know, you, you got through this situation through through your hard work and through through your your passion you know i didn't tell myself that i went and i i got in the gym and i was like man this guy's bothering me this girl broke up with me like all that stuff but when you when you really like go through anything you've been through and you sit back and you really like reflect it makes you feel good about yourself yes, yeah. it really, really does and i advise anybody to do that because it, it changed how i think about me and when it came when it comes to like you were talking. What, what, what did you say? What was, you said something. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this right. I'm gonna, I, I gotta make a list in my brain mm-hmm, of what yeah. I'm say and everything." But nah, man. It. Oh man, I can't remember. I can't remember. Let's move you're on. Good. I have a, I have a little uh, asterisk to go off what you were saying. Anyways, go ahead. Um, you were saying about like how you used. You looked back in your life and you saw that um, the things that you that like honestly like hurt you the most and that you got through them. That's what made you stronger. Like that, what you look on, um, that's what you look on back fondly to like look at yourself. And yeah. you know, like some of the most things, I, some of the things I'm most proud of in my life are things that I thought was the end all be all, and then I got through them. And and maybe when I got through them, I turned them around and made them a thousand times better. Um, that's what I was going to touch on, right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, right yeah. Go and ahead. so, like, and so, like, when, like, an example, right? So, when I first got to Pacific, I didn't look. I was going to start, right? And then at the end of my freshman year, I started battling for the starting spot for kicking, field goal kicking. Um, and then the season ended. So, I, sophomore year comes around, and 
I'm ready like to like to get the starting spot. And as we're battling for the starting spot, I tear my labrum in my hip. And that takes me out for the whole sophomore year. And so I fight and I fight and I fight to get back. Um, to get back. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to dedicate my time because this kid's been doing it for two years. Field kicking. I'm going to dedicate my time to punting. Right. Um, and I, I fight and I fight and I fight to get back. And then start of junior year, COVID hits, COVID hits. Um, and then, and then the COVID spring season comes around. We have two games, right? And I'm battling with this other kid every day for the starting punting spot. I'm talking every day and I finally get it right. Um, and so I played those two games junior year. Senior year comes around, which is this year. It comes around. I'm still battling. You know, I'm still battling for that spot. And while, and, but what people don't see while I'm battling is I'm, I'm about to give up every day. I'm literally so done with it. I think every day it's like, dude, this is – if I'm not even going to get the chance to play, like why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this hell? Because the people you have not played football, it's hell, you know? And I'm fucking battling, and I'm just putting my head down, and I'm grinding. And I go after practice, before practice, and I just keep fucking working. And then I got the starting spot. Then I got, then I obviously made the travel squad. Then they made me captain for two games. Then I got Northwest Conference Player of the Week twice. Then I became all conference, all within a span of like four or five weeks at the end of the year. And it was like crazy to look back on it because it was like everything that I had been working on while I was here and even before then that I've worked my ass off for everything I could have even dreamed of came together. Like I was awarded within like three, four weeks and it flew by like this. And it made me realize that people aren't going to see the hard fucking work you're going to put in. And you're only going to get maybe one second of bliss of the achievement that you'll be awarded for what you do. So you better enjoy the hard fucking work you put in because that's where your majority of that's like 98% of the time you're going to be spent. Like, yeah, you'll get all these awards and stuff, but if you don't, focus on the path to getting the, to the top, then like, what's the point, you know? That's the achievement right there. The, the, the destination is just, is, is the goal. Where you get to is the goal. It's like, yeah, you be proud of yourself there, but what you're really achieving is who you become within that whole process of reaching that goal. And you, it was perfect. You hit on the head. I mean, but to, to kind of like put what you said in perspective as like adults, like four years later, like we all have a choice. We all have that choice. And there's, there's a moment in all of our lives where you can either fight for better or you can do what society says. And I'm a firm believer in the system is meant to control the people that want to be controlled. It is. It's designed for that. Who designed it? The people that don't want to be controlled. When you really think about it, the people that don't want to be controlled design the system because they need people to control, to, to, to run their system. You know what I mean? So... When you, when we all have that, when we're in our, in our early 20s, when we first turn 21, and especially in this city, bro, this city's a playground. So when you turn 21, you turn that, that, young, that young, ripe age, you're easily influenced, easily. So like that, that, that habit of, you know, being cool, being in the parties, having those connections that really ain't connections, like all of that stuff is so easily to fall into because you're spending day after day waking up at, two, three in the afternoon, eating a few meals and doing the same thing. And we all have that choice. You know, when you wake up and you're like, oh man, bro, I, I feel so unproductive. We all have that. Everybody. Some of us just don't ignore it. Mm-hmm. And the people that are either successful athletes, successful just in life, you know, you have that, that same personality, that same drive that I don't want to feel like I'm not doing something 
productive or something that's going to better me. It's not necessarily like I wouldn't, I mean, I totally hear the term like becoming losers. Like it's really what it is. Cause like you, you do what is right here instead of doing what's right here or right here or even right here. You know what I'm saying? Like you do what's right where society says you good. This is, this is like, it's like, um, what's the word contentment. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Content right here. This is enough. You know, the, the whole, it'll get the job done mindset. She's huge in our, in our, in our age group yes. or our, in our society. It's like, for me, getting the job done isn't enough. Like I gotta be the best at that job. Like a motherfucker needs to know Kev. Oh no, nah, he got it. Mm-hmm. He got it. He got nothing to worry about. You know, the, the dude that says, Oh, it'll get the job done. You, you looking up his, his Amazon reviews, not Amazon, his, his Google reviews. And like, you looking up all of those, bro. You looking up everything. You, you want to find out he might be on Amazon. So you gotta look up what he's all on Amazon. Like, yo, what you sell on Amazon, bro? What do you sell on Amazon? I need the Yelp. I need the Googles. I need. Mm. I need the pearls. Like all of that. But the dude that you like, even for tattoos, right? You go to, let's say, bad Apple tattoos. And they're not a bad tattoo shop. You're gonna still look up every single artist, right? But if you see a motherfucker on Ink Master, you're not about to look up what his his credentials are. You're gonna de- you're gonna send that email. You're gonna send that DM. You're gonna do what you gotta do to get on those books. So that's the guy I want to be like. I don't want to be like the guy you gotta research and find out if he's good or not. Like, nah, yeah. man. No, like, come this side. You got nothing to worry about. Definitely. You know? No, that's, yeah. That, that's where that's the separation. Because your podcast, the same deal, bro. I jump on this podcast. You, I, I watch a podcast, and I know I'm gonna have a good time watching it. I don't need to watch the first one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That shows your hard work. That shows how you how you interact with people. That shows how you can carry the conversation. That's the thing. That's the thing. That, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You already know. Cheers to that. Let's take a sip. <laughs> uh, my water's almost out or I would. But <laughs> um, what I was going to say was, it. what's crazy to me is that, like, I've always known, like, what – I have a really bad self-talk, but it's only because I know my potential, you know? And when I'm not fulfilling my potential, I don't feel like I'm fulfilling my potential. I'm really hard on myself. Um, but it's crazy to me because it's like I'm in a really good relationship with a girl who also like has a plan for her future and has like – she doesn't really know exactly what she wants to do, but she knows that hard work is how you get there, right? And I'm like looking at like all – especially these girls who used to reject me in high school. And I'm thinking like – Dude, you guys couldn't, you're not even on the books. Like you, like m- me and my girlfriend are so much above everybody else. Like that, like people that I went to high school with and stuff. It's like, you guys are like, like there's so many like qualities that like I see people have today and they're like, not just to call them losers or anything, but it's just like, what qualities do you bring besides just a pretty face? Or if you're a dude, like. Like, same thing. Like, just a good-looking dude. Like, what qualities do you bring to, like, any conversation? Like, I feel like a lot of people today, because of social media especially, if they're a pretty girl especially, they can become a um, – um, they can easily become an uh, influencer, I guess is what you call them. And it's like, okay, right? Like, you're an influencer. You have this many followers. But it's like, really, what talents do you have? Besides just taking photos and clothes that you're given, you know, and it's like, besides, uh, besides the coochie Kool-Aid, yeah. what else do you provide? And, but it's like, I feel like a lot of people just think that 
or I can start an OnlyFans or like a lot of dudes. I'm not, I'm not hating on fitness profiles whatsoever, but I feel like if you don't have a new creative way of going about you being a fitness influencer, what are you doing, bro? You know, like I feel like you need your own creativity on anything you do. And I feel like everyone's just like, Oh, I'm just going to try social media because that's what, that's the hip thing to do. It's like, bro, first off, and then you're going to be like, come on, you have a podcast. You put it on social media. Yeah. But I do this for fun. I have a lot of other ideas. I'm about to go to law school. I just finished football. Like I have shit I'm doing. This is because I have fun. You know, I feel like, and I'm not trying to hate on anybody listening to this. Who's like, I'm an influencer. I'm this. I'm just saying like, really sit down, evaluate your own performance and think, where am I lacking? Cause most of the time when I'm like doing a podcast or I'm listening to what a podcast I did, or I'm, thinking about a new one I'm going to do or anything. When I have an idea, I'm like, where am I lacking? Where can I get better? Where can I fix that? That's how I look at it. And I feel like people don't do that. People just think because they have all these followers or because, uh, you know, they have these brand ambassadors and stuff like that. They, they can, they're just content. Like you brought it up earlier, that contentship. And it's like, I feel like more people need to have the mindset, like you're not good enough. Work on yourself, you know? Oh yeah, bro. I mean, that is that negative Self-talk, I don't, I don't really like to call it negative because for me, I thrive off telling myself to be better. You start telling yourself you're good enough, what's going to happen? You're not going to do better. You're yeah. not going to try harder. You tell yourself, oh, I'm great. What are you about to do? Sit back, kick your feet up, and be great. You know what I mean? You tell yourself you want to be better. You have to just balance telling yourself you're yeah. still achieving a lot. You know, yeah. it's not one or the other. It's both at the same time. You start losing one, you get content. You start losing the other, you're fucking depressed. Yeah, for real. You don't, you don't tell yourself you, how good you've done. Now you never feel good enough to yourself, to your family, to your friends, and now everything's affected. But you start telling yourself you're doing a good job or you, you reflect. Take this time instead of you know, complimenting yourself, you reflect here and you build here. You're never you're you're an unstoppable force. Yes, but that's how I that's how I think about it. You know, what I mean, like I reflect back, look at my first tattoo. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can already I already know the problems. The the thing it fell out of her skin. I'm just glad she didn't have my number because I don't know what I would be like. You know what? You want to tattoo? That's the best I can give you. Like I don't know. I know. I I know it's bad. She wanted a state flower, and I did it in all dots, bro. Like it was. It wasn't even like it was. It was nothing blown out. No terrible lines. But I convinced this girl. I don't know how. I was like, "Look, um, I told her straight. I was like, I'm a, I'm tattooing, but my style is dot work." And she was like, "What's that?" And I was like, "Well, it's the image that you like, but instead of hard lines, I use dots." And you could tell on her face, she was like, "What is this guy talking about?" But I put those lines in there, put the dots in their skin, bro. And like the artist that was also there, he looked at that and he was like, uh-huh. And as soon as she walked out, he's like, yeah, bro, that shit's falling the fuck out. That's not going to heal in her skin. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be gone. So good thing is she doesn't have a shitty tattoo to this day. Hopefully, I don't know. But the tattoo I did at least is not even deep enough in her skin for it, for it to actually heal. But I look back at stuff like that and I'm like, wow, like I've come such a long way from just doing fake dots to real tattoos and like, mm-hmm. or just tattoos that I love. Fine line, I'm a fine line artist, bro. And having that established was a beautiful thing, but you have to have both. You have to have that drive of wanting to be better. And we don't all have that. 
lot of people get stuck in the, oh, well, I can pay my rent. I can do this. I can do that. I can still go out to eat every now and then. And they get stuck right there, you know, and they don't necessarily realize that if you mean, and maybe they do, I don't know. But in my eyes, if you don't continue to drive, you don't continue that drive, maybe you just don't see it or maybe you just don't know. You know, but at the end of the day, like me, I don't care what I don't know. I'm going to do whatever I know how to do poorly until I know how to do it correctly. Because that's how you get good at something. You don't, you don't just start off doing anything great. We didn't start off tying our shoes correctly. We, did, we, we tied our shoes pretty bad until we all knew how to tie our shoes the way we wanted our shoes tied. Treat life the same way in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, if I had to tattoo until every tattoo fell out for me to learn how to tattoo – that's how I have to do it, bro. And I've messed up people. You know, the last time we talked, I told you, I've messed up people. So you have to do what you know, be willing to make those mistakes, be willing to tell yourself, yes, I got to work harder. Yes, I got to criticize myself. You have to adult yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's where that adulting comes from. Adulting is criticizing yourself, mm-hmm. telling yourself where to be better, telling yourself the smart thing to do, reevaluating every decision you make because you're in a, you are the only one that can do it because you're an adult now. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, your parents aren't there to be like, now, Colin, make sure that light in the back is left to right when we read it. You know, they're not doing that, bro. Like, you got to do that, yeah. you know? So it's one of those things where, like, you have to, we don't all realize that. And sometimes we learn that in different parts of our lives. But I feel like eventually everybody gets that. We just all get at different points. I mean, like, I've seen... 30-year-olds act just like me and you. And then a few years later, they understand it. 40-year-olds, the same thing. So we all go through it, but sometimes it might be too late for some people. And when other people achieve it at that older age, there might be like, well, now I have all the wisdom of being in my 20s and 30s. Let's kill it. Robert Downey Jr., for an example, bro. Man was in prison in his 30s. Now he's one of the best actors in, in his 40s. You know what I mean? We all don't get it right at the same time, but... I believe that at some point everybody does and everybody has that opportunity, but, it, but not everybody takes it. Yeah. To go off that, I feel like that not everyone takes it. I think that um, there is a, there is something to be said about the, how society, how it's more important to pay your bills um, than it is to, you know, pursue your dreams. If you're stuck yeah. in a job that um, where you need money, like you, you can't like, you need that job, you know? And I think that it just becomes, are you willing to sacrifice your weekend life and your night times and like sleep for, to pursue a goal and a dream? Or are you content or are you not willing to do that? You're like, well, I don't have enough time. Everyone's got time to do something, bro. You just don't want to sacrifice the drinking, the clubbing, the, the sex with women, that's kind of stuff. You know, I feel like as a man, you know, like if you're more interested in, drinking and having sex with women than you are with like pursuing a goal you're kind of a loser dude like i I really just do feel like that i I feel like you should be like all those things are well and fun but i feel like if you don't have a spark to keep you going what are you doing it you know some people are really interested in their jobs and they're really 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 they really are content but they're still moving up they're trying to move up in their jobs and that's all good and well and then then they they go out and they pursue those those extra activities but it's like if you hate your job and you have a dream and you know you have a dream and you know you should be doing it and all you're doing is just going on Tinder, going to the bars every weekend. Dude, what are you doing? You know, get your shit together. 
You know? Right. hundred percent. I mean, I agree with you. It's, it's definitely one of those things that makes you think like, why am I thinking the way I'm thinking, but you're not thinking the way I'm thinking. And it questions who your circle is around. But at the end of the day, like it makes me love me just a little bit more because I know that when I step up to that arena, I'm the hungriest motherfucker up in there because everybody around me got a chance to see my hunger and they passed on it. You know what I mean? People, people that knew me when I first started tattooing want to tattoo now. And that's great. That's good and all and well, but you got to pay for that time. Now you got to pay for that effort. Now you, you knew me back then. Well, you should have invested. You know what I mean? It's one of those kind of situations. And you look back and you're like, I really did something big for myself, you know? And it makes you look at how people treat themselves. And I've always told myself ever since my first, I got a DUI when I was 21. And I told myself ever since that day, um, after a lot of talks I have, a lot of people, I got to treat myself better than that. And even if it comes down to a small thing, like not eating a meal, I tell myself, I got to treat myself better than that. But that, but that in turn shows me how many other people, how many people don't treat themselves better than the situation they put themselves in. So that separates me from what I love to do because I do it because I want better for myself versus someone that does it because of, because someone told them to do it or because it's like, you know, just a thing to do. Like going out and clubbing and being final, it's great, like you said. But people start to catch on to that shit. People start to catch on to like, oh, your habits are, you know, not necessarily responsible. But then on on the flip side of that, you get addicted to working like your man over here. People start looking at that too. Like you don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to talk. You want to isolate yourself all the time. Not necessarily. I just love what I do so much that I forget about the outside world because to me, my outside world is my clients. My outside world is my people that I'm connecting to. Anybody that I can connect with is my outside world. If you're not connecting with me, then I can't do nothing for you. And that's where my job is based off of. Like, as a tattoo artist, bro, I don't tattoo for money. There's been plenty of times my bank account has said, Kevin, charge, charge people way more than what you charge people. But my heart and my passion says, you're doing this for a different reason. Don't get greedy. Get greedy or not get greedy, but charge what you know you're worth, but don't get greedy. Charge. Because you, you, you worked there. You got to that point, and that's where the, the reflection comes in. You know what I'm saying? Work to, to, to gain that reflection, but reflect. Like, you know, no, these prices are these prices because of the work I put in. I did put this work in now, but you got to pay me what I'm worth. At the end of the day, like, I'm going I'm to still give you more. I look at my, my tattoos and my, my prices. Like, this is for the work that I put into it, but what I'm going to show you, what I'm going to give you, is gonna go right back into the box of the work that I put in, because it's a it's a it's a give and take every time. You know what I mean? I don't I don't just give somebody you know four hours worth of work. If you send me four hours, you're getting six hours worth of work. I'm doing doing just a little bit more because I love what I do, and I want you to know you're not just paying paying me for a service. You're paying me for an experience. You're paying me for a connection. You're paying me for a lifelong. This man is I I mess with this guy. Like, this guy's cool. Like I can come to him and talk to him on getting tattooed. It's a therapy session. It's something that's deeper than me just pulling money out of my pocket. And people get infatuated with, infatuated with the fact that people will pull money out of their pocket for them for a service or people put money out of their pocket for them for a tip that they don't focus on the connection because the connection is what gets you people to dig, people to dig deeper. You know what I mean? And then that's why, like, 
<laughs> so bad to say it like this, but it's why like girls that are like sugar babies or like girls that are like that have sugar daddies, they those dudes dig in their pockets deep because they connect with the guy. You know what I mean? Like you gotta think about it in like the weirdest way possible. And it sucks that I think this way. I, I, I tell myself that all the time. I'm like, yo, why do you why you like this, my dude? But those girls connected with that guy to dig in his pockets as deep as he dug to give them an income they can live off of for a month or two months, three months, whatever it is. That's what I want with my clients. I want my clients to dig deep in their pockets because of the connection. And like, that's where I'm going. Every, every year that I've tattooed, every month, every six months, I sit back and I reevaluate where I'm at. And I'm like, these people mess with my art because of who I am. And they love my art. Yes, they do. They do say I'm a, I'm a great artist. My, my art's on my walls. People talk, talk about my art proudly. Yes, but every time I've gotten a tip, it's not because someone feels obligated to tip me. It's because they connect with me. They're like, yo, you did this and you killed it. And every tip I didn't receive, I look back at my tattoos. I'm like, why didn't I, excuse me, why didn't I receive a tip? And I'm not, I don't fight for the tip, but the tip says you connect with me. The tip says you want to, you, you, you think I'm that I'm more special than my price tag. That's what it says to me. So if I don't get that from you, it's not, it's not, uh, Oh, I didn't make money today. It's I didn't connect with this person and I got to figure out what I did wrong to connect with the next person because that connection is what builds a residual income or the bills that, that clientele reoccurring clients, people are going to refer you. People are going to come back to you. That's what I want. At the end of the day, it is a business, but I do what I love. So I have to balance the two. You have to be like, connect with people to get their money, but give them something to connect to. Every day of the week. Yeah, connection's weird. Um, I feel like anything, especially like tattooing, barber, esthetician, um, hairdresser, those are like, they're such weird because they're, they're like, you have to be creative and you have to be um savvy and you have to be uh you put your own mind into it but also you have to be good at the communication side if if i had a barber dude and he didn't talk barbers honestly they're nuts i feel like every barber i've ever had has been a little bit off but like it makes the experience better like they just like not off in the sense like they're like crazy but off in the sense like Every barber I've had has gone into conspiracy theories. I don't know what it is about them, but every barber I have has gone down rabbit holes into conspiracy theories. That's not a shot at you, Scales. Um, but um, <laughs> but um, it's like it makes the experience better. The communication make and it makes you talk more because it's like it is like a therapy session. I could imagine like tattooing is almost the same thing. It's like hair um, getting your haircut is so relaxing. It is so relaxing. Yes. And when they're talking to you, they'll stop and you'll chat and they'll ask you questions. It's almost like a mini podcast. Um, and it's just like, I always tell Skez, I'm like, dude, you should do something like the shop, you know? But it's like you, like, you have to be creative and you have to get good at your art, but you also have to be getting better at the communication side. And so it is, it is honestly harder than people would think because of that, you know? You can't be... I mean, sure, you can be a mellow and quiet barber, but, like, you got to be really, really good, you know? You got to be, like, crazy, bro, like, crazy. Like, you got to get real, like, hey, don't even breathe. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's like, that's the only way. And I feel like when it comes to 
definitely being a barber. I mean, I love getting my hair braided. Oh my God. I fall asleep every time. But before I fall asleep, I talk to the person that's braiding my hair the entire time because it's great. Like it's a relaxing feeling. It just, you just know that it just, it just does something to you. You know, anybody that's gotten their hair braided or gotten their hair cut knows it's, it's definitely one of those, like you said, a therapy session. And what I like to tell my clients is when it comes to tattoos, because there's, there's pain involved, I purposely like to send them to a place that pisses them off because there's no other way besides the gym in my mind. I mean, now aside from anyone, where, this isn't a knock on what anyone, anyone thinks, but for me to release pain, it, it, it takes a little pain. And that's why I work out in the gym a little harder because it takes my pain to release the pain that I have. Because I'm like, Oh man, if I can push through this, I'll be, all right. I'll be straight. I'll be good. This right here is harder than what I'm emotionally going through right now. So let me get this done. So when it comes to tattoos, you're sitting there and you're like getting this tattoo. That tattoo is more painful than what you're going through right now emotionally. And I tell my clients, go there, go to that spot. Because by the end of this tattoo, you're not going to be in that spot no more. You're going to be right there and you're like, damn, I'm not even mad. Like, you were able to think of a, of a solution. You were able to calm yourself down because you have to. You can't sit in pain and make yourself more mad. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't help anybody. That only hurts you. And if you're on a mission to hurt yourself, I can't help you. But if you're on a mission to have to receive that therapy, to let it go, I tell all my clients, go to the place that pisses you off while I'm tattooing you. Talk to me about it. It's not going to affect me at all. I'm not going to absorb that energy because I already know, like, I already know where I'm at. I protect myself, yeah. protect my boat, protect my energy. My, my thing is, as a tattoo artist, I have to be willing to absorb that yeah. and willing to reflect it in a way that they can heal. So by the end of that tattoo, they're dog tired, they're hungry, their body is over it the last thing they're thinking about is what pissed them off. And by the time they're really ready to go to sleep, the whole day just feels like such a rush because you're with me for four hours that you've released it all. You talked about it. You're in a room where the door is closed, the music's blasting. It's just me and you. I'm damn near a stranger. So who am I to judge you? You know what I mean? And when you're in that situation, you're sitting there getting tattooed, it's so much easier to be like, this happened to me and I don't know how to process it because you're, but you're processing it through that tattoo. Mm -hmm. That, that pain right there is what's processing it for you because that pain is always way stronger than what anything you can emotionally go through in that moment, not period, not, you know, for, for, you know, forever to come. But in that moment right now, you can't even focus on what's pissing you off because you're getting a tattoo. So go to that spot, try to focus on it as hard as you can. Cause as soon as it's over, that anger's over too. That anger's gone too because you couldn't focus on it. You were able to get over it so fast. You're like, it's not even worth it. I'm better than this. It's like I get this tattoo done. You're telling yourself everything possible to sit still. You're telling yourself all these things. You're not even focused on anger no more. You know? Is tattoo the longest or tattooing the longest like um, customer service kind of um, like person doing something on another person's body? Like, is that the longest thing people do to another person? Like, 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 um, hair, like, like talking about like haircuts, waxing is, is tattooing the longest one. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the longest, but I know it can be. What, what is the longest then? Maybe like 
the off the wall crazy stuff like those people you know those people that, that hang from those hooks from the sky no. from like the sea. okay so there's there's there, it's a form of um it's not body art but it maybe it does fall under body art maybe it does i'm sorry that's correction it definitely does fall under body art but it's a different form of body art and you got to look it up. Uh, one of the judges on Ink Master, actually, he does it too. But they get these really big gashes, like, in the back of their, like, backs and, like, in different places of their body. And there's these really thick metal hooks you can put all the way through the skin, and they just suspend themselves in the sky. And it's a crazy show. It's, it's a professional thing. But I'm sure that takes a lot of time to actually, like, heal and actually successfully do because you're – really like taking a chunk of skin out of somebody plus everything that comes with it because you're going through so much but it's on their backs and like yeah it's crazy i don't know i think the first time i saw it i was like 13 or 14 and i was like i would never in my life but like i said the guy on ink master he does it he did it on one of the finales he um, came down from the sky off his back with the hooks and i was like yep let's fast forward that because i can't i can't watch it but i feel like that process itself yeah, probably. Okay, yeah, that's. Ugh, but like, I feel tattooing like <laughs> the longest that like people do like often. You're not gonna do getting gouged in your like. That's not. At least I don't think it's that popular to do that. You know, tattooing. Yeah. Every other person probably has a tattoo. Almost. Exactly. 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 You can definitely tattoo. I mean, I've had I've had clients have that have to come back back to back days because the session was just gonna be too long for one day. You know, um, yeah. Tattooed for eleven hours once, so it all it all depends. But yeah, it definitely can be tattoos can take all day long. It's not healthy, but tattoos aren't healthy either. Yeah, tattooing is weird. I don't yeah. really understand how they work. How do they work? What do you mean? Like, I don't really understand how tattoos stay on your skin. Okay, so there's – our skin is always evolving, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a, a, about a good, like, seven – you can have a window of, like, six to nine-ish layers of skin, depending on who you are, okay? Every layer contains something different, whether it be fat cells, blood cells, all that stuff, Okay. As a tattoo artist, we only go so many layers deep into the skin. You only want to go you you only want to go as deep into the skin as you can to where it doesn't hit blood vessels. You want it's, it's it's like a sweet spot, and you feel it with your tattoo machine. You feel it with your hand. Um, the resistance of the needle pushing against the skin. You definitely know what it feels like when you feel it, and that's like the sweet spot. It's where you want to be. It's where the ink stays at because our skin is constantly. Um, shedding is constantly constantly falling off but there's a layer of our skin that doesn't move whatsoever and it's called the epidermis I believe I believe if there's, there's tattoo artists or, or permanent makeup artists watching this and I'm wrong I'm sorry but I believe it's called the epidermis and that's where you want the ink to stay and if you go deeper than that you're going into uh, blood vessels you're going into where it's too deep where we call it a blowout where you see people's tattoos that are a little raised and you see like that shadow behind people's tattoos and stuff like that. Those are all signs of over scarring and the tattoo artist pushing you know, a little too deep into the skin. So when you, when you have that sweet spot, nothing moves, nothing goes anywhere. 
it heals where it's supposed to heal. And if it stretches, it stretches just in minute ways, just to complement the skin the way it was designed to in the first place. Um, but you can also not go deep enough in the skin and your skin will push it off. Just like my first tattoo that I referenced, yeah. if you don't go deep enough, the tattoo literally is going to just fall off the skin like it never happened. You go too deep in the skin, you're going to tattoo somebody and tattoo's not going to heal correctly because the line is now doing this spreading motion. When you, Because it's still a liquid, right? So if you zoom in to the skin, like let's like say this is the skin right here and this is a needle going into the skin. When you look at that angle and you see the liquid going into the skin, if it goes too deep, it's going to spread. Just like a just like a paper towel. You lay, let's say, like some, oh, some red juice on a paper towel, you're going to see it spread. It's going to do the same thing in the skin. And it's going to heal like that. And then over time, it's going to spread more. But if you put it in that sweet spot, there will be no spreading. But when it stretches out a little bit, it'll stretch out just enough from here to here if let's say you gain weight, right? That's not much of a difference when you really zooming in, zooming out, like that's millimeters, right? So that's where you want to be as a tattoo artist. And then with like, with that, you got to understand the patience of getting into the skin, holding that depth, making sure that you're consistent with it. And that's where it separates, you know, the men from the boys is that consistency, that ability to jump in the skin, understand where you're at in the skin and know that, Every skin layer is different. I can't tattoo your back the same way, the same way I tattoo your foot. I can't tattoo your chest the same way I tattoo your forearm. It doesn't work that way. But that's, that's, that's what separates us, you know? And if you ever want to test it out for yourself, bro, look at, look at like your forearm skin. You pull that skin, it's a little thick. It's a little thick. But you go right here between the arm, skin's way thinner. Hmm. So that's the difference. So I can't do what I can do here, here. You know what I mean? It's, it takes a different depth. That's all it is. I learned that. I didn't learn that from tattooing. I learned that from bodybuilding. And from life, I felt like everything I've learned has led me to tattooing because you want your skin to look like this when you're on stage. You don't want your skin this thick because you're not lean. You can't show your, your lower percentage of body fat. But when your skin is this, everything's tight. Everything's everything's put together but i learned that that thinness to, to, in the depth is different in skin, just from bodybuilding just from knowing just from looking at my own skin and when i was off stage and like i had to regain that weight and put on that size again i realized how much thicker my skin got in those specific areas so i don't, I don't know man i just feel like tattooing has always been something i was meant to do i just never knew it because everything i've learned from life army bodybuilding my parents just my experiences all benefits me in tattooing every piece of it it's interesting how that works you know it's interesting how like as your life goes on you accumulate you accumulate knowledge and then once you get to a specific place you're like it's almost like everything clicks it's like oh this is where i'm supposed to be and and then that will continue to happen and it's almost like there this is i like to say god has a plan because i feel like you can feel like you're on the right plan when you're when you're when you're just, everything's just kind of, you know, clicking. You yeah. can feel when you're on the right path. You can feel when you're like, oh, I ain't doing shit lately. And you're not really in that, in that, like you said about the skin layer, sweet spot. You can, you can feel when you're in the sweet spot of life. Right. Your life and there's, there's chaos and there's, and there's um, order, right? And you're going like this and you like kind of doing a dance with that line. Right. I, I feel like 
I'm in the right spot at the right time yeah. right now. I had that moment with football at the end when I was like, when I was, when I got the Northwest Conference Player of the Week twice, and then I got All Conference. I was like, I'm right where I need to be. Ending football, changing my life, going into a different aspect, um, finishing one aspect because I'm finishing school too, and. I'm right where I need to be. I'm right where I got – I, I, I spent all this time getting here, and I'm right where I need to be. What's next? And so that will be the next challenge. We'll be finding out what is – where's the next place to go. I think it's law school, but there's other things that I'm going to have to worry about, you know? So it's like I feel like you have to really it's, – it's crazy how life kind of – you can – like you, you're on a path, I feel like, and it's just like if you're, if you're staying on that path, you know. You can feel when you're on the right path, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that, that path definitely makes you feel like what you're doing in that moment may be the end-all, be-all, but at the end of the day, it may just be a, a lesson learned for you to get to the end-all, be-all. And I don't feel like tattooing is the end for me, that's for sure. Um, but I definitely feel like it's I've, I've found what I'm meant to do to get to what I'm also meant to do. You know, I feel like I'm definitely in that sweet spot, you know, so it's – it's one of those things I don't think I'm going to ever give up tattooing, you know, ever. I don't think that, but I know that at some point I want to have a retirement. I want to have my own shop. I want to have more than just the needles that I need to put in somebody's skin. I want to have a team of people putting needles in people's skin, doing beautiful art that is world renowned. And I have a team of people that are under me that are solid and loyal and love each other and love, love the situation. You know what I mean? I don't want, hungry money hungry people that are just after a paycheck you know what i mean like you want something bigger than that and it's just that's that's what it, that's where my mind goes with it all anytime i try to think about where i'm meant to go with it is like am i meant to do something bigger within this or am i meant to expand on it and take it to 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 other levels and, and, and bring it to other people you know because sometimes like the term, I know you've heard the term. Sometimes the best players aren't the best coaches, you know, and people like Michael Jordan were some of the best athletes in the world, but cannot coach. What am I? Am I just a, am I, am I going to be a great artist or am I going to be a great artist and a great teacher? Am I going to be a great teacher? Am I going to be a great shop owner? Like you've got to be willing to have all of those avenues, be willing to accept those, be willing to master those because that might get you to, the next step that you're actually wanting to be at, you know, and that's, that's, that's what my openness and like mindset goes, goes when it comes to like what I'm meant to do. Cause I've done so many different things, like being in the army, bodybuilding, tattooing, you know, like it just so many different elements that require a different level of attention, but have all molded to molded me to do the things that I still love to do to this day. You know, I didn't know what I was going to be in any of those things. And I honestly thought I was going to do 20 years in there. You know, I didn't know I was going to get injured three times while training for di three different shows. You know, and then I didn't know tattooing was going to find me the way it did. So whatever comes after tattooing, I know I'm going to be meant to do, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to be just tattooing. It's what I connect with the hardest is what I know my core loves, which is crazy. So I know I'm going to ride it till the wheels fall off and I'm going to do it for a very long time. But I know that there's always going to be more for sure, especially because I want more. And I know the universe hears that and the universe wouldn't give in me or you that type of energy or that type of, that type of like, like way of thinking if we weren't meant for it. Mm -hmm. So like, 
embrace your hunger is what I always tell you. If you you hungry, embrace that. Embrace as as dedicated as you are to being better than the next person. No matter how much you love that person, no matter how much you want that person to succeed, at the end of the day, they aren't the ones that's going to pay your bills. They aren't the ones that are going to, as cliche as it sounds like that, they aren't the ones to do anything for you. It's you that has to do it for yourself. So you have to be hungrier than anybody around you, no matter your relationship with them. And it's not any anti-love towards them. It's just love towards yourself. I love my family. I love like my coworkers. I love other tattoo artists that I fuck with heavy. Like I built that bond with them. I do love them. Like I would definitely do anything for them. I, I fuck with them heavy, but I fuck with me just a little bit more because you have to, mm. you don't have a choice. If you fuck with them and get complacent, fuck with you and get a little better. You got to pick a road. Either way, you said it a lot, uh, sacrifice. You're either going to you're going to sacrifice either way. And you're either going to sacrifice what you have for what you want, or you're going to sacrifice what you want for what you have. Flat line like that. It's crazy that, you know, especially with sacrifice, it's like, if you do, because I sacrificed this podcast for my last year of football and I gained everything I could have asked for in football. Um, but now, I, now I'm back on the podcast, you know? And so it's like you can sacrifice momentarily and always pick it back up, I feel like. It's just like you have to choose your sacrifice because we're all going to die. And if you don't focus as much as you can on one thing, you're not going to be great at that one thing. You need to put time into, into one thing for a specific amount of time. And it's crazy that I feel like – like. A lot of people, they can't give up. Like everyone, like the, one of the biggest lines is like, if you love her, let her go. And then she comes back, she was yours, you know? Um, I feel like that's true. Sacrificing your relationship. You're sacrificing your relationship to make sure that there was a relationship to, to begin with. You know, I feel like one of the most, the hardest lessons that people have to learn is that some people don't feel about you the way you feel about them. Friendship, family you know, um, loved ones, uh, uh, spouse or, um, significant other, some people and some people are different mind. Everybody is different. Like you said, you said you have to fuck with you a little bit more. You have to, because nobody, you could, I could talk to you every day for hours on end and you, me and you would still not converse as much as we converse with ourselves. You talk to yourself every day. There's always an internal dialogue just going off in your own head about what do I do want to do this? or what am I going to do later? And you talk to yourself so much that if you don't fuck with yourself, that's when that depression sets in. Like you said earlier, you, so I think it's, it's understanding that you're going to have to sacrifice something while also understanding that you're along, you're you yourself are on on a ride, and that yeah. you're, that ride is your life, and and might as well enjoy it and enjoy yourself while you can. Yep. Yes. That you, you could have. I took the words out. Yeah. No, for real. That's really what it is. It's a ride, and like you have to be willing to like understand that when you're you're on a roller coaster, a real life roller coaster. You're sacrificing your own life. Yeah. Because you can get stuck on that roller coaster. You can, that latch that's holding you get. It's, you never know. But that's the same mindset people are afraid of in life. You can, when, we, when you look at something, you look at that roller coaster, you get in that chair, they're telling you all the safety things, they're doing all of this. 
you hear the thing come down, you're holding on to it. You telling your friend or your lady, like, this is about to be crazy, but you are, you're, you're visualizing all of it. So like, if you can't visualize it, you can't believe in it. People can't really like motivate themselves to do it because at the end of the day, they don't have that safety coming right over them saying, this is going to hold you secure. Keep all hands in the vehicle because you about to go on a ride called life. There isn't that. But you put yourself in that roller coaster. You say, you know what? I understand where I'm at. I understand where I have to get to. At the end of this, I'm going to be good. You put on, you put on that safety and you just ride that ride and you embrace that ride, whatever it may sacrifice to get there, you achieve so much more and you're so much more proud of yourself. But mm-hmm. it's that barrier of breaking the fear of saying, you know what, like, I have to create this moment for myself. I have to create that safety for myself. I have to give myself those same safety talks, those same keep your hands in the vehicle type conversations that I get told, I ain't got to tell myself to me. Yep. And that's, that's the difference. That's, that's for me, that's what it is. You got to be willing to sacrifice your life for that ride because that ride is your life. People are so afraid to let go of those habits, let go of the old ways they do things. And it's because the universe is trying to get them to adapt new ones. But that feeling of adapting something new is fucking scary. It is scary. Yeah. It, fear, it makes you scared. makes you anxious. It makes you all the things you don't want to feel for just a, a temporary time. But that time feels like forever. But like I said, it's a temporary time. You have to tell yourself that. You got to be one to understand, like, I got to tell myself, this is temporary. I'm going to get through this. I'm stronger than this anxiety. I'm stronger than this sadness. I'm stronger than this character diminishing moment because I'm doing character building shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't get broken by it. You know, and if anyone has seen any Rocky movies, Rocky has said himself, life will knock you down and keep you there. It will keep you there and it'll beat you to the dirt with no remorse. But you got to be willing to fight out of that. That's what life is. That's what adulting is. But you got to be up here like, we're fighting through this. Can't nothing break me. Can't nothing hold me down. But where I always feel like people struggle is because they don't know, they don't know why they should tell themselves that. And, you know, you hear in so many different motivational speeches, find out your why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, look, for me, if you ever want to know why you need to, like, push harder or why you need to have that mindset, it's because everything you've fucking been through. Mm-hmm. You got through all of that. Why can't you get through something else? It's not even about loving what you do or for me. Yes, it is. Yes. You need to love what you do. Yes. But if you got through all of that back there, you think you can't get through this? Max. Really? Like you don't know everybody's story. Everybody got a story. Everybody's been through something traumatic, but you got through that shit. So if you can get through that shit, use that same strength that you developed to push through everything else and everything won't be as thin as that wall was because the walls get thicker. Every level has a new devil. So that wall has got to go get, it's going to get thicker. So you got to use that same strength, apply it here, get stronger, go through that wall, use that strength and apply it and keep going. And the moment you stop is the moment you get complacent. 
wherever your complacency may be, your complacency may be at but we all hit that wall that's like, this wall might just be too thick for me. But what it looks like is is that we don't. Mm -hmm. The best athletes still hit a wall. That's just called age. If Michael Jordan was in his prime for the rest of his life, he would never left the league. So that age is what's going to stop him. That's his, that was his barrier, nothing else. So if that was the only thing that stopped him from playing, why is it that your, your income or the time you wake up, the thing that stops you from playing? Because at the end of the day, you're still playing. You're still playing up in that game. Mm-hmm. The only reason why Michael Jordan and all these motherfuckers, Maggie Johnson, because they age. It's like, yo, I can't get up doing this, man. They love that game. That was their why, yes, but at the end of the day, they got through everything else. They won championships, MVPs. They, they won these things for themselves, but they were able to reflect on it and keep going. And that's, that's the, that's the mix-up, man, is people want to see that, oh, he's great. He's great, yes, but he also hit a wall, too. Go hit your wall, man. I'm trying to hit my wall. I'm trying to hit that bitch as hard as I can. I'm going to hit that wall until I can't go through it. So if there's a wall I can go through, bro, I'm going to go through it. No matter how thick, heavy, angry, scared, the only thing it's going to do is either kill me or I'm going through it. Let it kill you. Find out. Because it's going to make you so scared that you grow. So scared that it's unrealistic that you just, like, you want to give up. Get to that moment. Embrace that moment. Suck that moment in. And fuck that moment up. That's what I love to do, bro. It just, I don't know, it does something in my brain. Like, it just, it just makes me excited to just, like, achieve shit. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is, bro. I don't, I don't know. I can't answer That's a good but, thing. That, I mean, that's a good, like, it's a good mindset to have, you know? Like, wanting to achieve, wanting to fuck up the wall. Fuck you, Walt. <laughs> fuck that wall up, baby. Look at that shit. I'm going through you. I'm going through you, man. Like, yeah. nothing's going to stop you, bro. And that's, that's the biggest... That's the biggest thing that I've always been thankful for is the ability to feel and want to be unstoppable, you know? And that is something that's always hurt me as well. I got into a motorcycle accident. I've fallen down many mountains. <laughs> nah, like literally fell down Mount Charleston, but um, certain, just certain things in your life that you just go through, you're just like, man, I survived that shit. Yeah. That's where that unstoppable feeling comes from. And it's like, you've been through moments where people said you failed. Even if it's something so simple as your mom saying you can't make rice in the kitchen. Now you're making rice every day. You frying rice. Yeah. You know? That person probably owns a Chinese restaurant. You know, you got to want to feel unstoppable instead yeah. of want to go down. You got to want to feel like no matter what you say, no matter how you feel, yes, I'm going to learn from it. Yes, it's gonna make me better, but it's not gonna change what I. It's not gonna change how I feel about myself. It's not gonna change what I know about myself. It's not gonna change where I know I'm going with myself. It can't change none of those things. But as soon as it changes one, as soon as it changes how you feel, as soon as it changes where you're going, as soon as it changes something, now it's changing everything. Like, you can't allow someone to say like. Think about it, bro. Restaurants have every restaurant you've been to has a bad review. 
So you, you want to do something with your life. Think of yourself as a restaurant. There's going to be people that don't like your stuff. There's going to be people that feel like you have no business doing what you're doing. Nobody felt like Mark Sanchez would be in the league, but he was in the league. So why in the world do you feel like if someone says you can't do something, why is that the end all be all for you? And for what society does to us, social media, the news, our teachers, or anyone that we look up to as children have such an influence on us that they say things like, you should try something else. Not necessarily you can't or you're going to fail, but I've had my basketball coach be like, just stick to football, homie. To me, he just said I can't play basketball. True, but I don't want – I don't want you to feel that way. Like, I'm about yeah. to bust my tail playing basketball. Yeah. And I'm going to get my starting spot, which I still didn't do. But, look, it's okay. We're not all meant to do everything. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was fine with that. Yeah. I was fine with that. But you still have to like, – like, like we talked about, it's the process. And it's learning who you become in that. Yeah. And I became I, – I realized, I realized in that moment my dedication was strong as hell. Because even though that, even though I didn't have the talent, I wanted that, and I was working for it as hard as I could till the end of the season. And I, I realized, like, okay, this might not be for me. But you go until you realize it's not for you. But once you realize it's not for you, accept that and be realistic about it. It's not about doubting yourself. You know, it's that, it's that balance. Like, understand where you came from. Understanding the path. You know, for me, the things I've been through were learning experiences. So that was a learning experience I had to take with me and go farther with it. Yeah. You know? Well, Kev, I think that's a good way to end it. We've been on yeah, for about, a, about an hour and 20 minutes. And every time we talk, bro, it just flies by. Every time I was like, really that long? That fast? Okay. Yeah, yeah dude, it's always fun to have you on. You're, you're very motivational. Everything you say, I resonate with a lot. It, you, and I like how you, you really just attack life. You want to run through the fucking walls, dude. Like, I think more people should be like you. I feel like we as a society are becoming softer and people want to build walls but instead of run through them. You know, and I think more, it's more people like you, you speaking about it will help more people realize that they want to run through fucking walls too. And they're done and they're done fucking locking the door. They want to fucking kick that shit down, you know? Right, right. And they should. I hope they do. I really hope they do, man. I really appreciate you having me on. I mean, I resonate with you personally. That's why I've always loved being on your show. Um, this, just our friendship outside of this is really what's what built me wanting to be here with you and like connect with you and let you know more more about me. I mean, yeah. I, I I love your dedication to what you do, bro. Thanks, um, bro. For real, for real. So I want to just keep doing it. Keep being yeah. successful. Got more listeners. I hope it just, I hope it goes up. You deserve it. Yeah. Truly. All right, bro. Episode 77 with Kevin Crawford. I hope you guys enjoy these episodes because I'm really going to be banging them out here in the next few months. Uh, I got nothing better to do with my time than to podcast for you guys, to engage my mind, to really listen to people and, and hear their interesting stories. But without further ado, episode 77. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay demanding. <laughs>